Hello, everyone. We have a, a jam-packed episode of Tome of Knowledge. I almost said the wrong show. <laughs> There's so many people here. What's the <laughs> Tome other of show? Knowledge. Yeah, that's the other show where uh, where we talk about whatever we want about D&D, and you can't stop us. Uh, mm-hmm. We have some special guests tonight. Uh, some Bunny Dreadful and Nina Nikolic, a.k.a. Kid Kerrigan, here. Uh, and of course, me and VS and Moobs Like Jagger from the GGN crew are also here. Uh, we're planning on talking about AI and D&D. But before we get started, Moobs, I think you told us an interesting statistic before the uh, before the stream that I think that the audience would like to hear. Yeah, we are less than 360 well it's exactly exactly 360 <laughs> hours away from reaching our 4000 hours uh viewed on YouTube so we can apply for partnerships so thank you everybody who's been jamming out on our playlist and checking out the YouTube channel uh we're so close so thank keep it keep it going keep this train running or a carriage rather indeed are there, are there trains in carriage. DD? I don't know <laughs> I mean there could be there could be magic trains Magic train, yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah, this magic train there. rolling. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you everyone yeah, for watching. Yeah. Jamming on the playlist and just leaving it on. True yeah, heroes. Speaking of... Uh, MVPs. MVPs, indeed. So thank you. Yeah, please go check out our content as well as uh, our podcast, which we're getting... Uh, our podcast includes our, our weekly D&D game, our weekly out of combat as well as Tome of Knowledge will be on our podcast later as well uh, when we do all the editing and the uploading. But if you want early access to all that, I don't know why I said it like that. Go check out our Patreon. Get early access to, to all the or goodness. come to this stream. Yeah, or just come right and just stay where you're at. Watch it live. Yeah, just, just stay where you're at. The of access. <laughs> yeah, or if if you're in the future, just come where we were. There's <laughs> 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 something like that. Anyway, <laughs> my brain hurts. Why? My brain hurts too. Uh, hi, everybody in Jedi tomorrow. Hi, Daisy Doll. Hello, Nicole Chiba. Hopping off. Welcome on in, everybody. Thanks for Thank this, you all. Twitch Prime sub, Nicole. Yahi. Get those beautiful emotes. Oh, thanks. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to actually be able to talk to chat. Death, Dice, and Dungeons. I love that. Death, Dice, and Dungeons. Is that in no particular order or in like any order that you want or is it specific? Yeah. Mm, I'm hoping it means when I die, all I have to do is play D&D in the afterlife. Sweet. Only. Play D&D or in the afterlife? Your your you your world. You are D and D. I'm living out someone You're else's out D&D. A D&D adventure. Yeah, like they're playing the game, and I'm just like stuck in it. No, that sounds terrible. Actually, yeah, that's, I don't that's know. awful. You're literally an NPC. Which but is- I feel like we should make a movie about that. <laughs> <laughs> like a D and D isekai. <laughs> like you're you're living someone else's adventure, but you're an NPC in their world. <laughs> so, oh man, the no! Scheduling cannot hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're rolling that one in the afterlife. Anyway, we. What did I miss? <laughs> well, there's a channel called Death Dice and Dungeons that followed us, and we were asking, we were wondering oh. if it's in that particular order, or if if it, you know, what's it like if you had to play D and D in the afterlife. 
A box. What's in the box? In the box. What's in the box? Um, <laughs> I think it's Elgato stuff. The last Ooh. bit of my Elgato stuff. I'm working on a big thing and they've sent several packages across several days. So <laughs> I was <Perfect>. like, Garrett, I, <laughs> right. remember I Hello. said before we started the stream, I apologize <laughs> in advance. No, no, no. <laughs> there will be ding-dongs. We're going to, we didn't, I didn't even hear it by the way. So oh, good. <laughs> I, we're just going to change this to a, a, a box opening stream now. So we're just going to send your camera. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've got something I can unbox. I got new tarot cards right here. I haven't even looked through. <laughs> oh, oh. I, all right. I have a, Nondescript water bottle that's unopened. You're gonna unbox some water <laughs> in your mouth. Yeah. I have a new D and D book that's in bubble wrap right now. Mm, unboxing stream. Boy. That's actually the most exciting have, one. I also have a box <laughs> of business cards that need to be updated. I have a whole treasure chest. Oh, perfect! Oh, we should make that. We should make an unboxing video, but it's totally fake, and it's just a treasure chest that we fill with all sorts of like random ass <laughs> treasures. Oh my god, he's so funny. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about AI and D and D today, and we've got the the regular crew and some outside perspectives. So I think especially interesting are gonna be the perspectives of uh, moves for one because you are a, a, a digital artist or a what's the proper word I'm looking for graphic artist I, by Ooh. education. Uh yeah, I graduated with a BFA in entertainment art and animation. Yeah. There we go. Those are the words I'm looking for. And then Nina, who is a, a voice actor. And, and then, also has a bachelor's in animation right. or interactive entertainment. That's right. <laughs> and then Bun, who is who is a an artist as well. Well, I have a everybody else gets to get fancy credentials. You're just like, oh, I'm an artist. They have their own credentials. Of, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I have a bachelor's of fine art with an emphasis in printmaking, and I'm one credit away from a minor in art history. And I am also a games industry UI UX designer, primarily focusing on UX. So I have a lot of different art um, credentials and I illustrate yeah. in the free time and I've done freelance graphic design. So. Does all, almost all the art for the channel. They're coming for all my jobs, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I what. know the feeling as a software developer, like... <laughs> They're, they're coming for everyone's job eventually, to be fair. So they're, to, they're like, just coming to be for, fair, it doesn't matter what your job is. They're coming for it. Yeah, they're going to come come for VS's job. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't, I don't know if they could take looking damn good away from VS. I don't know. Any, any <laughs> That's true. That. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they're working on it, but there's still that uncanny valley situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're trying. That's true. We're they can do the, they can yet. do the still images, but not not you know the motion, no video. Mm -hmm. They can't capture that yet. They're actually really close, and it's kind of scary. But <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about artificial artificial intelligence, and this is a D and D talk show, so we're relating a lot of it to D and D as well. And I think that when people are talking about this space and like what we're talking about, we're talking about generative. AI because there is a whole bunch of spider web of AI slash machine learning, which without getting too much in the technical deep end are, are used sort of interchangeably um, while they are in some ways. Um, but with that being said, so generative AI is a form of machine learning where you're able to like produce like either text 
or video or images or audio, like that kind of stuff is, is what we're talking about. So, and I'm sure you all have heard of examples of all three of like image slash video text AI and voice AI. They're, they're all over the place. I mean, at this point, uh, for those five those five Bing users out there, it's built into your it's built into Bing. So, <laughs> are, we ta- are we allowed to name name names with the different AI like? I mean, yeah, and things. I don't know that I have any to name. I'm just curious if there's rules that we if, if we're trying to be nice yeah. and polite to the thieving AI companies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like I think probably the, some of the biggest like image or video AI probably like sorry algorithms like Midjourney. GPT, which is most famously ChatGPT, which uses its own algorithm. Uh, Bard is Google's try at AI um, for like image or sorry, I said Midjourney, Dolly 2 and Stable Diffusion are for image. I kind of mixed text and image there. So Midjourney, Dolly 2, Stable Diffusion, probably image and video text. ChatGPT is almost all other than like Hard and some other open source stuff. Um, and I also think it's worth mentioning uh, that Death Dice and Dungeons mentioned it, but yeah, that's actually what prompted us to want to yeah, uh, talk about this on stream. We saw that news yeah. article about the artists that used yeah. AI. Um, I think it's important to note that it was the artist. I don't think it was Wizards yeah, yeah, telling yeah. the artist to do that. Well, but wanna, I do think that a lot of artists are over We should give context <laughs> of what that is. I have the yeah. article pulled up right now. Yeah. So there was some to do, and there was an article out saying that in the new D and D source book, uh, <laughs> was, had featured AI generated art. Which, to be honest, that was the book that I had in bubble wrap, and it probably has it in there because it wasn't <laughs> there wasn't time to reprint. Get it? Oh my um, god, that's funny. Um, but what happened is, I think originally the it blew up as like Watsi used AI generated art. Technically, yes, but not knowingly. What came out is the artist who drew some of the art in the book. Um, this is the new Bigsby's Glory of the Giants. Um, they used AI to sort of um, like improve some of their art. And I've seen like side by sides of it. And it looks like that they used it for like highlighting and, and some other like color stuff. Uh, so they drew it and then used AI to enhance it. And then the especially bad part about it is they didn't tell Wizards of the Coast they did it. They just said, here's your art, and then handed them the finished product and they printed it. And then this artist posted on Twitter how they used AI in their art. And then that's how everything blew up. I was just Claire, going to ask was, how they found out yeah. that that was the case because a lot of the time, like as you said, this stuff is getting really good. Like there are a lot of instances where it, I'm befuddled at how people are like, oh, yeah, that's obviously AI and it looks so much worse than the original sketch. And I'm like, it really doesn't look that bad. Like I wouldn't have guessed that that was AI or enhanced with AI. Like there is no way that I would have guessed that. So it always drives me mad when people claim that they know and especially when you see artists constantly having to justify that they've 
that they've done all their own work. But if hands, if hands aren't in the picture, if there are no hands in the picture that have been modified, how do you know? That's true. So one week has, once they saw that, we're screwed. Well, I will say in the art that I posted, uh, and then I posted the link in in the chat as well. Uh, Let me do that in the, in both chats. I mean, there's only one chat uh, over on the YouTube land. Um, (laughs) The AI one, the hands look better. (laughs) Because I think the the original had just had some sketches for hands and stuff at that point. Yeah. So that's the article in question. Um, I want to oh, hear yeah, what your thoughts are. These were the images are. that I saw, and everyone was saying like, "Oh, it look, this sketch looks so much better." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I mean, same same, but one has more detail. Like, that's literally how if I was just someone on the internet, I would be like, oh, that's cool. And then if I saw the sketch, I would be like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But there was no differentiating factor to me that was like, oh, AI caused me to feel a certain way about this. I feel like people were reacting to this knowing, like, having the the pretext of it being AI generated and then being like, oh, yeah, nah, that looks crap. Mm-hmm. But- in all honesty, I don't think it does. I, I don't think that they would have known unless if he didn't tweet about it himself. Yeah. That doesn't make it right, well, they, but they people brought it up earlier before he I think he tweeted because there was like some funky stuff going on with the art. Like mm-hmm. there's a example of the wolf having human hands for front paws, you know? Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. So there was there's actually a lot of art before he actually tweeted about it. Uh People pointing out like the this is a weird placement of the foot. No, this is not anatomically correct. But um, oh yeah, I remember that one. For, and then forcing Watsi to make a statement, and then the artist probably making a statement as well. Um, it worries me that that went down that way, though. It's it's tough because the artist is they've been working with this artist for the past what did they say twenty years twenty plus years. So it's not like. This is not a talented artist. This is a very talented artist who is using AI as a tool rather than just generating the art. So there's a foundation that the artist is using and then using AI to do cleanup, basically. Um, so it's kind of, it's tough. It's not... Yeah, but if this was like a nobody and they just hired... They contracted somebody who... Just, all they do is AI prompts and that we would be having a much different conversation. Yeah, that'd be much less of a gray area because I think part of the problem here, too, is asking... Well, and I don't think the artist has put out statements on like why they like to use this for their process. It could be because they're underpaid and don't have enough time. They have like short deadlines. Like we don't know a lot of, a lot of artists, especially comic artists. Like if I was a comic artist, honestly, I'd, I'd just use AI. Like, holy shit. There's um, severely underpaid and overworked. <laughs> very strict schedules, very overworked, very underpaid. Um, but then there's also like, it becomes a slippery slope if it's not like a clear cut, like, I entered in a prompt and here's the art because you also have artists and I've done this myself. I don't do this for my art, but I've considered starting it because it does work really well. There are some artists that will 3d model using free assets. They'll 3d model out a scene and set up the lighting in it. Um, and then they'll essentially paint over that or use it as direct reference. And, and, and that's totally okay. Like I'm totally fine with that. So it's like, where is that line? Where does it become not okay? Right. Like that's really hard to say because we have lots of tools like Photoshop itself uses a computer. Like Photoshop does a lot of things that I could not do myself on paper. 
Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, that? Photoshop under the hood uses AI as well for a lot of the things mm-hmm. that it that it does. Yeah, we could <laughs> we could say that for a lot of softwares like uh, After Effects, uh, ZBrush, but that, you know, like the difference is like that is programmed AI to use as a tool compared to open source generated AI like like ChatGPT and Midjourney and all those things where they're where they're not being distinct on where they're pulling the assets from. They're just they're being they're just grabbing everything without a care in a world. Yeah. And that's part of my fear is say this artist that that got a lot of this notoriety, say they were feeding their own art, like all their own catalog of art into an AI and then using that to like finish their pieces. I, I honestly I see no problem with that. Like mm. you got yeah. like you gotta make that money. Like it's hard. It's being it an comes artist. down to the value proposition too, right? Like mm. I've heard heaps of like anecdotally people specifically doing the wizards work, they they go for those commissions because it's such a high profile. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the anime dubbing of art, right? Yeah. You get there's it's so prestigious, but it's like the lowest one of the lowest paying gigs that they can get. I mean, so, I, I, I don't think I I couldn't speak to that, right? No, I don't think I have anything to say about that. Um, you know, getting a job that's really prestigious and everybody wants to work there, and um, then they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those things, right? I, like, I, especially I don't because know what I was thinking, I'm sorry, nothing that wasn't about anything. <laughs> I, I I pick it up what you're putting down. Um, but yeah, it's like what it's like one of those things, right? It's like, well, if if they have to compromise some of their time to work on on other things to do this job that pays so much less, then something has to fill that gap. Otherwise, wizards are just going to get half-finished sketches. Like, how, like, where are you going to pull that time from? Doing the art, well, it takes time and practice and skill. Like, obviously, getting faster at doing those finished pieces takes years and years of practice and training. So, like, that's that's what you're going to get if you have the time crunch and you have a certain budget. Like. It is what it is. People have to live, right? <laughs> yeah. I I think it's important to differentiate like what are you using this generative mm. AI for? Like because yeah. we're a live we're a show, we're a live stream and we're monetizing, right? So that that becomes like a moral issue, right? Where yeah. If, yeah. if instead of Joe hand drawing all our our PCs, NPCs, all the overlays and stuff and then just putting in a prompt and spitting it out, then that might be a different conversation. But if you're if you're just playing at home with your friends and yeah, then I'm like, actually does that really matter because if you want to use AI art at home for your game, for your tokens, for your character sheet, I see no problem with people using AI art from that. The That's, problem being that you should you should know that depending on which one you use, you are technically stealing art from the artist that made those and did not consent to that. So, so I would argue that you should consider if you can afford it paying someone commissioning someone to do your character art for you but if you don't have the money and you want to use the ai art honestly i would do like if i couldn't draw i'd probably do the same for my mm. at so home campaign that's that's the same thing and it's a good distinction that, that you both brought up is like is what you're using for commercial use or not the tools are out there you can't put them back in pandora's box i i know dozens of people that play in D campaigns at home 
and me included for stuff that's not commercial or anything. It's like, man, here's my character idea. Can I find some well, cool art play, to put on my character sheet? You play D&D that they don't know about that's not oh, on yeah. stream? What? Yeah. What? But there's a thing. is like, I want a cool character. Like, I want a cool picture to put on my character sheet of something, right? Uh, and it's just like, oh, that looks cool. You know, go find it on, like, fucking Pinterest or something like that. Like, I, I would... I would, you know, make a conjecture that that happens more often than it doesn't. Same so thing for like borrowing the art 100%. that someone made. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah. same thing true. for like maps, you know, yeah. like for, for DMs that are like our tokens or like, I don't want to have like, you know, and, and putting this in perspective, artists should get paid for what they do. Right. If I'm a DM at home and I have, and I'm a campaign that won't ever see the light of day commercially, it's like, I don't like it then becomes like a, a, a cost hindrance. If people expect me to, to pay someone to make a token for every single NPC that I would introduce to the players for like an at home game. Right. I don't, I don't think anyone has any like qualms about that. I mean, even, you know, and getting over here into into like Nina's sphere of influence, if I'm like a crafty DM playing at home, shit, maybe I could do some scripted logs and have some AI generate a voice of a dragon yeah. for me because I'm just a dude and I can't sound like a dragon. But wouldn't it be cool to try that out? Like, I don't know where where does the where does the line, you know, get drawn there? It becomes a licensing issue. We see this with music all the time. We yeah. license all the music that we use for commercial endeavors. That's mm -hmm. why you have all of this no copyright music and copyright this and licensing that. Mm -hmm. But it seems like people just have a limited understanding that that only applies to music. And it doesn't. It applies <laughs> to all art. It applies to visual mm -hmm. art, yep. to animation, to actual voices, to like everything. Everything should be licensed. So when we're talking about how it's being used, we're we're talking about like where did the assets assets used for that outcome originally come from? Have they been licensed for that purpose? And is the compensation appropriate for that usage? So mm -hmm. like for our our usual D and D. Uh, yeah, D&D games when, you know, um, our usual casters and cantrips games, we we license all of that stuff that we use on stream and you use the Patreon support to to yes. have the the nice things, as we put it. Thank the, you, the, everyone. The fun, cute <laughs> stuff. Thank you, everyone who supports that. But that's that's the thing, right? When you start a a commercial endeavour, I, I specifically in my voiceover stuff categorise that as if you are making money from the thing that I'm helping you make, mm -hmm. I should also make an income from supporting that endeavor. Mm -hmm. If you're not making any money, yeah, student uh, film, game jam. Yeah. And that also if, comes to like loosely like define like making money. A lot of people don't see like making YouTube video or streaming as a commercial yeah, endeavor, true. but I mean, in a technical sense, it, it is. Mm. It has the potential to be, yeah. which is the thing. And people don't realize that if they have Twitch affiliate, if they have um, YouTube partnership, that is already considered commercial. If you have a Patreon, if you're if you're yeah. doing a Kickstarter, all of those things have the potential to generate revenue. It might not be much, but it's still, yeah, it's still not that. And the thing is, if you need to be mindful of, if it's like someone said, I just do it for my hobby, which I don't make money from. 
is that hobby publicly available for other people to use for entertainment? Mm -hmm. If it is, that's a very gray area, but it's still publicly available where in the world of music licensing, for example, if -hmm. you were to use music that you, that you haven't licensed, you're going to probably have a a strike on your channel. What's to say Mm -hmm. that that shouldn't be the same for any other assets you're using for that, for your overlays for, or even, or even if you have paid to use it, you'll get a strike. That's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes that does happen too. From season one. And, and <laughs> yeah. to that point, Nina, do you think that um, it's a little different with like audio and voice, but a lot of times with art, artists are very careful about making sure their signature is visible in the piece. So if you do just grab someone's art to use for your character, you're technically also advertising for them in a way. I'm not sure every artist would see it that way, but artists that put their art online and let you grab it and it's not watermarked are saying yeah it's out there people are going to use it they don't usually put out large files you can't get those printed usually because there's no large file but ai like bypasses both of those steps of where if, you, if i see your character art that you pick i could be like oh that's really cool what artist did that where's that artist can i go and look at their website i want to see the rest of the stuff they did but with ai art like you can't you don't know which artists influence that piece there's there's no way to know and i'm and so like it's less obvious with voice acting so it's not like a good comparison for that or with writing or, or things like that but with art it's like i'm totally fine with people grabbing stuff off the internet and i'm totally fine with people using ai art but i think you do have to acknowledge that like you're feeding into a system that is taking money away from and it's artists kind of a black box it's like what what goes mm. in and then comes out. You don't know the the source. You don't know. Usually. Yeah, like and sometimes you'd be like, I love this piece. I love. I I found an AI piece of of like photo art that I saw online the other day, and I was obsessed with it for about five minutes before I realized it was AI, and I about started crying because I felt <laughs> awful and I felt so inspired by it. I was about to do a painting that was inspired by it, and then I and I haven't even been able to start on it because now I just feel bad, and I'm like. Now nobody's winning. Nobody's winning now. Like, <laughs> hey, welcome to the future. Everyone, what do we do? everyone loses. Um, I think. The, I think the. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the weird thing with what you were saying about that with voices in particular. The the weird thing is that so with art, it's like a weird amalgamation of everything. With voices, like you can have like synthetically created. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a like if like the Baldur's Gate create uh, a character creation right except all the sliders are just for voice related things and you can Mm -hmm. kind of like fiddle around and make a voice that's exactly what you want that's generally not how it's used though people will take your actual piece of art or your voice and then make it the same voice but to say a completely different thing in a completely different circuit, it's so, it's like this weird subset that we haven't quite seen before. It's so, so odd. There's and a, there's there are a, websites where people mm-hmm. can literally just upload any voice they want and just use it for whatever they want. They can take a minute of each of our voices from this podcast right now mm-hmm. and use our voice for commercials, for e-learning for whatever until the end of time for whatever they want for porn for political have, campaigns that's, that's no creepy. idea we would have yeah. no idea um, either yeah, we, we would that. have no idea who did it where it came from it's it just is there anyone can do it it is it it costs ten dollars a month that's really interesting and and there's like a pretty pretty it got very popular and ai like there's a, there's a, a rap song where someone rapped over some lyrics and this is different than like completely generative but they created a filter like an ai filter that made it sound like jay-z was rapping that part and it's indistinguishable 
there's no way we'd be able to tell either way. Mm. But kind of one thing I wanted M&M to touch on. a different one. <laughs> yeah. There's kind of one thing that that is interesting to me uh, that kind of where VS and I fall into into this group is like, as far as I know, VS, you don't, you're not, you're not an artist. You don't, you don't make art. And I really don't either. Like, not really for myself. I, yeah. 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 I, I didn't mean to, to lump you in not being an artist, but I guess a commercially, um, you know, artist. how, how do you, how does it make you feel like, you know, with, with AI in general, like, cause I'm curious as to at what point, like, did you become aware of like, you know, what AI is, what AI can do, and then, like, how far along in that journey did you realize kind of the the negative aspects of of AI has kind of come out? Because it's interesting to see is artists are very much in tune with this stuff, but most people who aren't in the know don't know. Um, I, I mean, for somebody who's been in, in kind of like online spaces for a while, mm-hmm. I've known about different forms of AI for years now. I mean... It's like you said, it, it, there's a lot of programs out there that had already used it in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily generative stuff, but AI has been used for a long time now for X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. Um, I think when I first... <laughs> I remember a lot of years ago now, I want to say six or seven, maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really popular one it was called like dream something um, Mm -hmm. where it would use, yeah, it would use uh, AI to create these weird trippy images with all kinds of like rainbow colors and eyeballs. And people were using those images and putting them into video games as like uh, texture files and replacing like whole, whole game textures with it. Like in the modding scene. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Dream something. Um anyway. It was like a form of generative AI, but not not in the same way it is now, where it's like people are actually making like new pieces of art from yeah. from whole databases of images. This was like I, I don't know if it was pulling from like some weird Lisa Frank style. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> I don't know where it was coming from, but <laughs> it's a lot more sophisticated now and people are using it uh, to a greater degree with increasing effectiveness in terms of like blurring the lines between can you tell is it AI or not? Um, so I don't know. Maybe uh, I can see for somebody who's maybe not in online spaces or or something to that effect, it would be really hard for somebody that's not familiar with the subject to, I think, fully grasp um, like what AI is nuance. capable of. Yeah, what AI is capable of doing, who it affects, that sort of things. I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with it will see something that's AI generated and be like, oh, that's a cool piece of art. You're like, totally right. There's like people that are getting AI, they're generating AI art, and then they're taking it and going and getting it printed on canvases and hanged in their houses. Like that's literally the thing that's happening. And the people are doing that. They they don't see anything wrong with that at all. And they just think like, oh, well, it's my art. I generated it. So I can just do what I want with it. And it's fascinating to think about. But I think that the major and, and I might be wrong, but in kind of in my mind, the major thing is when people 
started using that app where you used your picture and then it turned you into other stuff. Like it turned you into like, like a Viking Maximus or like a King Maximus mm. or, you know, like uh, whatever, you know, person. And I think that that was everywhere, at least on like Twitter for a while, people making their profile museum. pictures and yeah. all that stuff. And it's like, wow, cool. Awesome. I think that was like the, one of the biggest like mainstream, like online stuff. And I think a lot yeah. of the backlash started coming like, afterward people realize like how this stuff works and well because when that went huge and viral kind of uh people saw their, started yeah. speaking out so that is actually what led to yeah. people because then a lot of artists who didn't want to like they're like i don't really want to talk about this they, they felt like they had to at that point because it was everywhere and that's when it really became an issue like as yeah. fallout from that I want to make a distinction too from like the, the tech side of this. So an AI like model, right. Needs information to ingest. So it knows like what to spit out. Right. So in a lot of the cases that we're talking about, and I'll use like the image one, since it's most familiar, like with Dolly Two, stable diffusion, like mid journey, you know, if you go online and find one of those image generating things, those are the ones more often than not are the ones that have scraped art online and haven't asked anyone if they can use that art and are spitting out images from that. Now there is another side to this where especially like with, with the image stuff is you can train it yourself. You can take your own style. And I know moves and I, we we've at least talked about kind of like the, the corridor digital type stuff with their most recent, like their anime stuff the first way i don't agree with they did it as an experiment and they used like vampire hunter d imagery and then made like a short yeah. episode they see it as an experiment that's all fine and good except they monetize their video and put the video behind a paywall on their website and all that shit if they had just released it and didn't monetize it and said hey here's an experiment here's a white paper on it that's one thing now in the second one i think they they learned the error of their ways they did this. They did something similar. They used like stable diffusion, some other things, but they paid an artist to create an art style with steel frames and like of all the characters and like how like you know the characters look and like their facial expressions and all that stuff. And they had actual art reference. I think you pay an artist if you're doing something commercially. You pay an artist. You you they create concept art for you, and then you feed it into a model, and the model spits that out. I think that that's the way. AI should be used for like commercial endeavors. If, or if any the artists yeah. we mentioned earlier, if that artist was only feeding their own artwork right yes. into the algorithm and they're like, I don't yeah. really feel like drawing this hand tonight, but I've drawn a million hands. Man. I think that leads to a, a discussion that is like, well, that we're seeing with uh, actors and stuff on strike now about like residual stuff. Would there have to be some new form of compensation in the art world where if a company pays an artist for just uh, a bunch of artwork so that they can feed it in an internal like AI program to pump out art for future projects, does that artist get paid once and that's it? Are they yeah. going to have to form some sort that's of like residual? The and that's what they the should get SAG after <laughs> fights are about right now is that yeah. contracts up until this point, we're not made with generative AI in mind. I, Nina, I'm sure you can speak to that a lot as a voice actor, is yes. that, that 
basically is directly what's happening in your industry. Well, yeah, like for example, for what they were saying with the background actors, for a, for a background job you might get between $150 to $200 per day, but they also wanted to add on to that person's time on set. We're going to scan your face, scan your body, and keep that data to use for whatever we want for any future film. In so they won't need that background actor. Yeah, in perpetuity throughout the universe and all possible <laughs> whatever. But but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like the thing is we like all of this NFT crap came out, right? And we have these like tokens that everyone knows where the original token came from. Why can't we at least use this monstrosity of technology to apply mm-hmm. it for for good to be able to track these assets. Like we have the technology to do this. It's just that no one wants to. It's a really to. good point. Yeah. It's a really and good point. use the blockchain the same, for a change. <laughs> it's the same, yeah, exactly. It's the same issue that people are having with the streaming residuals where the, like the actor is the asset and the actor has been used in whatever certain episodes of a series and they're not getting the residuals that they should be. They're not getting the compensation they should be when every time those episodes air on streaming. But what I would love to see specifically coming back to use in D&D in Dungeons and Dragons and stuff is um, like what we're seeing with these video games that are basically creating more immersive worlds where you have like NPCs that essentially have their own lives. However, the caveat to that would be because currently all of that technology is running on the generative stuff that's using whatever, whatever. When you work on a video game as a voice actor, you get paid for the session recording Ed, all of the lines that you would need to say for the whole game, you get paid for that time. Say $250 per hour, something that's the standard for non-union. It's like two hour minimum, whatever. So you get 500 bucks for two hours, buyout. That's that's all you get paid. No mm-hmm. matter how many millions upon millions of people play the video game, that's how much you got paid to produce the work. However, and, you know, you can kind of be like, yeah, maybe people should get residuals for that too, like they do in TV, because it's kind of similar, right? We can measure sales. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. (laughs) I would love to (laughs) see if if people do choose to create this more immersive experience, like say if if Max is like, oh God, we have 15 NPCs, like you do a really great job of doing like 11 (laughs) NPCs on a boat. But if you were having a day where you were like, oh, I don't know if I'm feeling doing this 11 NPC or whatever, um, it would be cool to have a platform or just kind of like an inbuilt, one of those like licensed music packs or whatever, mm-hmm. where there have been voice actors who specifically get paid their um, their session fee plus whatever residuals are included whenever people use voices within that pack that have been generated using their voice. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, obviously, there's a limited amount of lines that you need to record with generative stuff the possibilities are endless. The amount of content can go on forever and ever and ever. So how can you put a cap on that? You kind of can't. It has to be a residual um, compensation Mm -hmm. model. Otherwise, it it just simply does not work. But it should be licensed only for that product and only for like that game, like if you have a mm-hmm. game that's like this, this unique selling point of this game is that we have all of these NPCs and they all have their own lives and you can say whatever you want to them and they talk back to you, great, but hire the voice actors to produce those models for like you only that, for use yeah. of that game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, think about it too is is kind of like, you know, if you want to go read Nina's uh, blog post on her website, 
about her feelings on AI, go for oh, it. Yeah. Need a <laughs> But if you think about it, like if you, let's say you do, you do four hours worth of dialogue for like for mm-hmm. a game. Right. And then they say, well, we're going to make this, the, the scope of this game is expanding widely. We're just going to create a model of Nina's voice and make her say whatever we want. Right. Like that's, I mean, that is doable and it's scary. And imagine yeah. they paid you for two hours of recording and then you, and then you play the game and you're like, I didn't say that. I, I guarantee say it's that already line. happening. I guarantee yeah. that's already going well, on too. Well, the thing is, is what's scary about that is you think about like background actors. The reason why like being able to just cut out all background actors, fill them in AI, right? One background acting is how people usually get into the business of being like a, like a union member in SAG-AFTRA. But two, it's a very real possibility because the last time that a, that a Hollywood film used actual people for like giant battle scenes or like giant crowd scenes was decades ago. What a mm. what a workshop made the software for Lord of the Rings for like Battle of Helm's Deep. Like there isn't a real person in the in those giant wide shot battles at all. Like it's 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 a reality that it is possible that there just won't be any more background actors. I think but the um, wider it goes, you start cutting off your talent. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, if you take away those, those like, opportunities for people to get on set and learn the craft and whatever, we're going to get to a point where we have no good actors anymore because they don't have the opportunity to practice any of that stuff and all the other ones are dead. So, like, <laughs> what then? They're just going to pluck <laughs> them from school. They're going to pluck yeah. them from school and then put the ones they want in. What were you going to say, VS? I think you're going to yeah. get in there for a second. Oh, oh. I was just going to piggyback off the Lord of the Rings thing and say, mm-hmm. like, I think uh, even directors like George Lucas in the prequels did something similar where mm-hmm. I think in episode two, where they had the big battle of, there was like a hundred Jedi or something. Yeah. They had about 20 like real actors on the forefront and every other like Jedi on screen was computer generated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, 100%. they've been doing, you know, similar stuff for quite a while. Yeah. Now. I just want to, ask so like uh, so because some people in chat were talking about a while ago and i don't want to forget um about using chat gpt specifically for content and writing and we have two dms here uh moobs you run a game for for your friend you, you've run games before for your friends um yeah, not on not stream right and um and i know max but but i think both of you have used chat gbt for stuff not necessarily so, D related, but we actually use it for Toma knowledge to come up with Dungeons and Dragon <laughs> topics. We have. <laughs> We're so, doing it now. I'm, I'm glad you're bringing no this back clean. in to relating this to D and D because we kind of got off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as, <laughs> it's interesting as but... people do when discussing AI. Yeah, but yeah. yeah uh, Max and I have written up prompts for discussion topics. Not this one. This one was not from ChatGPT. Wouldn't that be That's funny? That's idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we use it just as a tool. Uh, and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. We'll, we could talk about that. Or if it's like a topic, it's like, oh, that's, that's an interesting topic, but let's let's add this to the conversation. So I, I think um, that... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I, I finished my line, but then I said, um, which meant oh, okay. I was going to continue. But now I'm finished, period. <laughs> it's like, I thought we we're on the same wavelength, but no, I'm all... Uh, anyway... I, I think ChatGPT can be a very good, cool, very good tool for for DMs. Uh, I mean, I use it for work too. There's some menial shit for like software development that you don't, you shouldn't remember, and it should just tell you. But for D and D, like aside from Tobin knowledge, like one of the things that I did that that I realized like I was being dumb. So I was I was one monster, and I can't remember if it was in this campaign or not, where they had like ten or twelve spells at their disposal, right? And it was a custom monster. 
I didn't want to make a whole stat block. I didn't want to make a whole like D&D Beyond thing where you can click on everything. All that, that takes so much time. I was like, I want to do this with these and these spells. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need links to the spell so I can look at it quickly on stream, right? So instead of using the very slow D&D Beyond search for all the spells and grabbing the links because it's pretty slow, I said, okay, I know how links for spells are made. I have a list of spells that I want to use. I said, hey, chat GPT, make links for all these spells using this format. And it spit out like 12 links for me immediately. So instead of taking like 10, 15 minutes, it took five seconds <laughs> to say, here's a list of spells that I want to use. And I can click on it and go to D&D Beyond if I need to, you know, look up any particulars about it. Um, I, I'll Sometimes I'll use it where like the, some of the hardest shit for me is to come up with names, to name things, right? Um, and I'll say, give me like 10 names of like this. I'll look at the list and be like, okay, I'm going to, I like this syllable. I like this syllable. I'm going to change these things. And people use that stuff all the time. Like for like, you know, name generators online, I'll just use it because it's more convenient and I'll just tweak stuff to how I like it. Cause I think the hard part for me, like kind of where I excel is taking a thing and like expanding it where what's hard for me is like making the little thing right like the initial like the initial thing so i don't know i don't know how else to put that in like words that actually mean things but <laughs> <laughs> you're good on elaborate elaborating on existing yes yeah things. yeah i can yeah and i can come up with like grandiose ideas that aren't fully formed and i can expand on ideas that are that are somewhat formed but like the beginning part i can't it's very hard for me I think that's where it makes us the power couple because like I'm really good at making things on the fly and off the cuff and then you could take those stuff and then elaborate or expand on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. It, uh, but yeah, I think it's a good tool as far as like, I haven't even thought about like go deep diving into like the ethics of like text base generation of like AI. That's what I was going to ask because I don't know what that stuff's like. Do, like, do we know what ChatGPT is trained on? I don't actually know. The internet. The internet. Yeah. So it's the it's same problem. Forward. It's the same problem yeah. of it, there's no way to backtrack the sources and make sure that you're not stealing art to make your thing better at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like Nina said, we have the technology. We have ways that we could track that. Even for ChatGPT, it could literally spit something out to you and say, here's the sources used. Or here's a long list of sources categorized. And and every time you you, you visit this website, our ad revenue gives 0.005 cents to this art studio. I don't know. Like, There's ways to do it. We're just not doing it because none of it has been legislated yet. Not how the models are made now. Because without getting like too technical, like I think it would be a possible and like a fruitful way to explore it. But I think right now, once you feed an AI model, like something that's for it to learn, it basically creates like a network of like how, how things can be made, but it can never tie all those things back to a single thing. Right. It doesn't work. Well, okay. So like a good example is there is uh, an AI that is trained specifically on art that was specifically bought for the purpose of mm-hmm. training the AI. 
And it was really interesting because you can do basically describe, I saw, I saw a presentation on this where you can basically describe Mickey Mouse to the program and it will shoot out a bunch of character cartoon mice characters, none of which look like Mickey Mouse because it's never been trained to know what Mickey Mouse looks like. So mm-hmm. if you're like, I want to use one of these as my new mascot character, it is actually a good way to make something that you know is legally distinct and unique in a way. But the artists were compensated knowing that's what their art was for. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's happening there are places out there doing it responsibly but it's like you mm-hmm. said it's, it's too late with some of these older ones and like i don't yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna mention the idea of like i mean for the longest time we've had stuff like shutterstock for instance where it's a bunch of images either artwork that's been done uh photography video that people have done and uh goes on the shutterstock and anytime somebody licenses those images i'm pretty sure the original source for that piece of art gets compensated by shutterstock i'm not 100 sure that's how mm. it works but i feel like it is either that or they're just paid outright for a, a bulk of images i that don't they know found. how that works but either way it's there's it's an idea where the website exists for people to have to be able to license the, the work so they could potentially have a a website where artists put some artwork on there and then companies can pick and choose from catalogs of work, license it, and then maybe be able to feed that into an AI program since they've licensed the work. I don't know if that would work out, if if that's something anybody would ever even try, but that's... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you, without the mm. artist being paid directly from the company who wants to use their art in an algorithm or whatever. I mean, I, I'm I, not going to go down this route because we, we ain't even got time. This isn't what it's about. <laughs> but the way you make stuff like that work is, you know, universal basic income and universal health care. Like, if we didn't live in a world that was so messed up to where if you don't have money, you're just your your life is over if we didn't live in that kind of world then it becomes less of an issue but we do live in that world and that's where it becomes a problem and like yeah i don't know it's just really hard and i mean that's okay i think that's why it's fun to talk about i think that's why people like talking about ai because it isn't an easy we all all know that it works well and does good for the world it's only gonna get better when you had people more. thinking about AI decades ago, like 50s, 60s, the idea was like they envisioned a future where AI would take care of all the menial tasks so that <laughs> more time could be focused on the, pursuing the arts and things that people are actually interested. Now it's the, it's like the opposite. People are like wanting to do the whole grind set thing and then use AI for the artistic pursuits. I'm like... That's not how it was supposed to be going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they wanna they wanna live the artist dream without actually being an artist. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many people I see you got their art and you're like, mm-hmm. you didn't paint that. That's AI that you just are like claiming as your art. I'm like, dude, you just clicked a button. Mm-hmm. It's like that meme where it's like it's like, hey, I made this. And then the other person's like, You made this? And then that person this. leaves, and then the, the last frame is, I made this. Yeah, I made like, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for the raid. Thank Yo. you. Hello. I think one thing that we could, if we had 
the power and the technology um, that if we created our own AI tool that Max fed with names, races, uh, classes and eye color combinations, and then Max could just yeah. Like I think that would be fine. That we we're we're yeah. pick, we're selecting our own like AI training model, we're, and then Max is inputting like all the names and the races, classes, and eye colors and stuff like. Yeah, uh, that's like I think that would be a good use of AI, especially if to if honestly, if to like I could buy a program that was like a generator generator, and it was basically like you tell it what you want to generate, and you tell it, and then you provide the inputs. That's I think there's something really cool about that conceptually as an artist. I could do a lot of really interesting things like with that. But I would be entering in stuff I myself have the rights to because yeah. I'm mm. not that like, you, like uh, a little bit framework. how like Photoshop works yeah. with brushes and stuff too, like where people make their own brushes, import them into and, Photoshop. Oh sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've made my uh -huh. own brushes. A lot of people do. You can find free ones out there that artists are willing to yeah. make and give to you. And that a lot of that goes into what uh Chinner was asking about, which I don't know if we have time to get into tonight because it's not really D D specific, but the concept of like well, if you're an artist and you're copying another artist's style or you're inspired by another artist's style, you're inspired by a piece versus AI because it is kind of like all in a weird gray. Everything's in a weird gray area. But yeah, it's, that's, 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 a, that's a topic for tomorrow. If you guys want to talk about the, art, uh, show up to my stream and we'll talk about art. Yeah, Bunsen doing art at uh, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on this channel. It's a weird that's, that's a discussion, though. Like a machine, whether or not it's capable of being inspired, which... Which yeah. I think it's interesting. Is no, I don't think it can't. No. I mean, that's I think, the twenty-minute <laughs> argument I had with some AI bros when I was yeah. at VidCon. I love your AI bro yeah. story. Trying to sell their <laughs> their future that use stable diffusion. Like, yeah. Oh well, I man. Think AI does a lot of work now. where it's using what is popular to determine what is going to like. It, it, it's inspired. There's a point made in chat about like a lot of AI will end up being really racist and not having people with darker skin tones because it's trying to generate what it thinks you or the masses want in a lot of cases. So that what that means is based on yeah, like if what you're not fed. careful making yeah, things that are fed with a bias. Yes. Uh -huh. You both need to feed it with a bias and without one at the same time, right? The, the bias needs to properly represent the person. Cr creating it it's so it's so hard to talk about oh my god pretzels <laughs> yeah that is like that's a really interesting like thought uh you know for the for the, the artists here of you know if i'm like an artist and i feed it all of my own art to train and then i tell it to make art based on my style or you know, a, a, a voice actor and I give it, you know, all of my voice lines from the past, like, you know, five years that I've done and tell it to do to do my voiceover work. So with that, like we, there are heaps of artists who are looking to commission their own AI voices so that mm -hmm. we have control over like if a if a client comes and says like, hey, we need these videos narrated. Our budget is 150 bucks. And you're like, well, I wouldn't spend my time doing that for less than 300. But mm -hmm. here's a sample of what I sound like. And here's a sample of my AI voice. If you would like yeah. to commission the AI voice. Great. No worries. That's awesome. But. 
but n- not having the control over it is where yeah. the issue yeah. that's, happens. That's dangerous. The danger I mean, zone. Yeah. Similar things with art and as well as D and D because there's there's there was a really popular trend of being doing these picto things and art where like it's basically a, a video game creator where I create like a bunch mm. of different assets for like hair, facial features, and it's like a little paper doll, and you can like generate a, an avatar. But I made all those individual assets and I like set it up for you. And then it's like, okay, well now you can, it's like NFT art. It's like, those are not hand lovingly handcrafted. Those are made in a very generative way, just, just by the artist, not through AI. So there made, there are some decisions being made by a human, but it's also like with, with D and D like modules in some ways are doing similar things. Well, you can't afford to pay me to write a whole campaign for you. I can't do that. But let me write the basic building blocks of a campaign and I'll sell that to you. And then you can make it work for you and fill in the gaps. Like like, the, like everything in life is that. So again, it all comes down to... Normal D&D. It all comes... To, normal. It all comes <laughs> down to who's, who's getting screwed over in this scenario, right? Like who's being mm-hmm. taken advantage of and who is not... If, if you as the voice actor are making that decision to let them have access to your generative voice pack you're at least in control of who you're giving that to and you can make them sign a contract on how they're going to use it and then you can sue them if they use it improperly. There's, there's an interesting point that GM Workshop said in the chat, specifically to D&D. We're getting us back on track. Thank you. If an AI <laughs> yeah, like, DM is indistinguishable from a human one online to make games more available to the players without tables, I'm not sure what hmm. the harm is. I mean, kind of touched on a little bit earlier it, with yeah. What, what is your intent? Is it personal? Hmm. Fine. Is it gonna? Are you gonna stream this game online or something? Then they're probably not. Yeah. yeah. It, and the thing is, is like as soon as you add the commercial aspect to it, and when we say commercial, is someone getting money put in their pocket from the from this thing, right? If it's a if it's a free. AI DM that will run games and until you know the, the end of all computer times and apocalypse happens and no one's making money from it. Great, fucking go for it. Play as much AI DMing as, oh, as you want to. Banned the, the right? bot that was proving our point. Oh, the AI <laughs> bot. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, no, Nicole. No, no, thank you. Yeah, if that's the thing, then it- I'll go. Oh. Oh, I was just going to say, if a tool like that existed that was created for, like like how you go out and you buy your, like, Warhammer setup or whatever, like you you buy this, like, AIDM as a tool for your home games, like if that was a purchasable product that people could have <laughs> access to, then whatever is whatever was used to create that product, like right. if, if they got you know, information from other DMs or stories or people have written various campaigns and they feed all that into this tool to create a package for people, mm-hmm. then, like, yeah, people should still get paid for that even if it's for, like, at-home consumer use. Right. Um, but if it's, like, one of those, like, experimental-type tools we just kind of want to see what's yeah. possible, then I think that's kind of a different thing. But then also that's a Pandora's box where... Mm-hmm. We can't like it's naive to think that people wouldn't just naively use that that for streams or for YouTube or whatever it is anyway. Even if there was a free AI DM, like where is it sourcing those adventures from? Yeah, Yeah, we're talking about yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because like if if you made a model off a free AI DM, right? But you sourced it all from Wizard of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons adventure books, right? 
then WASC is going to come after your ass because you're, mm-hmm. you're taking their content. They should. And AI is going to spit out honestly like this homebrew adventure, but using their resources. So that, that might be an issue for whoever created this AI idea. Yeah. Even though if, if it's you free. are an AI creator and you don't have a friend that wants to DM and you want to write a program that you will feed the modules into that you have paid for. I'll just say that and not go deeper into that. And not got permission. Not That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you've okay. paid for the modules. You've accessed them through truthful means and you're going to program it to make up modules just for you and your friends and you're not going to put that AI out there for other people to use. Like, uh, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. where it gets... That's why we're trying to say like where it gets in a slippery slope is you have to realize like someone's getting hurt the second you start putting stuff out there either for free or for charge that the, that the people used to make that thing didn't want done. Right. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to think about Watsi getting hurt, but like they are paying I, people yeah. to write those. There are writers that are getting paid to write those. And yeah. if Watsi isn't making money, they can't pay those writers either. So I would say too. Yeah. I would say too, though. And mm-hmm. there's a point that was brought up in the chat as well um, from Delport Reckland saying that if it's a free AI DM, it's still taking money from professional DMS. Mm. This is where the nuance comes into place. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to throw this on the side of of like going back to art when we talked about the beginning of the stream. I am a person that's going to play D and D. I want cool character art for my player or for my character. I am never going to stream it, commercialize it. I'm playing with a group of friends. I would say nine out of ten people is it's a made up statistic, but nine out of ten people have grabbed a piece of art from like Pinterest or somewhere and then put it on their character sheet, right? Does that take work away from from professional artists potentially, or was that never was that person never going to pay an artist in the first place, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 a, a hard discussion to have, but I mean, I don't know. And is that the same thing with this made up AI DM of let's say me and VS and and everyone on the call, Nina and and Bun and Moobs have never played D and D before ever. We wanted to try it. Do you think we would start with a paid DM? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we don't know any friends who would want to DM for us. DMs is a sad thing because we don't make enough money to pay anybody. Nobody nobody I know makes enough money to pay someone the amount of time they put into running D&D because it's like a labor of love for most DMs. But like if you were just (laughs) if you were a paid DM in your job and you're getting paid by the hour to run a pre-existing module. People, sh- why wouldn't you pay for that? Like, mm-hmm. if you can't find a DM and there were people that were willing to just run it for you, like for, you know, 50 Which bucks an hour. Exist. Yeah, there's gaming like, bars that. that do this yeah, now. Yeah, there's like, places that do that. Recruit mm-hmm. people to run Dungeons yeah. Dragon games at their, their gaming bar. And then mm-hmm. there's a cover fee. And depending how many players sit at the table, that's that's how much you get paid or something like that. Or amongst, mm-hmm. on top of your, your hourly wage, which is probably shit. Um. So, but yeah, that stuff's happening. If you, if mean, you have a, a local gaming bar, and the takeaway yeah. there is, I don't think y'all are appreciating your DMs enough. I think that's the takeaway from this yeah, is that no. DMs <laughs> are doing this unpaid, putting all like you guys don't even know how much time he puts into this campaign every week. And I know there are others that do even more because we're we're on a very strict schedule, so we don't have like as some people play longer games than us is essentially what I'm saying. That's a lot of content. I knew a DM uh, 
who I'll let them out themselves in the chat. They're here that was running one campaign, but the campaign itself had about three to four games happening a week for a group of 25 people. Not everyone played at the same time. It was a a West Marches style. uh, It was a West Marches style. And so the amount of time that he must have been spending not just in running that we're so we're, we're looking at about four hour sessions three three times a week it's 12 hours and then the time he preps and plans that's like i mean that's a full-time job that could easily be a full-time job for someone and so what my takeaway is you could use ai to get dms out to more people in the world so more people can play dnd or we could if you don't want to dm Go find some money another way and, and support your DM. I don't know. Yeah, just like I, buy your, buy your DM too, a pizza. That's what I'm trying to say. Buy them a pizza. I think too, like, and, and we're talking about an imaginary piece of like vaporware where an AI DM is yeah. indistinguishable to a real mm. one. Because I think that for, if this even becomes possible for a much longer period of time, you're going to get a specific type of game from an AI generated DM versus if you paid for a professional DM they have the power to specifically cater something to you and your group's mm-hmm. interests and make it like a, a bespoke sort of experience, which I think AI is going to lag behind for a while. But with that being said, I mean, it's it's the same thing. And I'm going off the rails again. I apologize, but I'm using what I know. It's the same thing with like software, software developers. Like, like you know, AI chat GPT is going to take all our software developers jobs. It's like, well, it hasn't yet. Right. And I think that specifically chat gpt is where it's strongest when it's talking about like uh, like code because <laughs> that's where a lot of it was trained off of but i mean it's going to come to a point where like maybe it can fill those specific niches maybe ai dungeon master 1000 can fill like a specific niche i don't know it's they're difficult conversations and like i don't i obviously don't have the answers <laughs> I don't think any of I us have, have all the answers either. Do, yeah. <laughs> People in much higher positions than us that are paid to do this shit should have the answers. But, but there's, there's also being like indistinguishable in terms of the flow of a game, but there, yeah. I don't think that we will ever reach the point, especially in our lifetime, that you will get the same loving experience with a real DM like Maximus versus a robot DM. Like it and that's the same thing with voiceover, right? Like if you look at the examples of those games that are using um, you know, procedurally generated or like generative AI NPCs and stuff, it gets so fucking boring after just 10 minutes of walking up <laughs> to people and saying stuff to them. After 10 minutes I was cringing at how I couldn't stand to listen to these people talk about stuff anymore because you would go up to one NPC and be like hey how are you doing today and he's like why are you talking to me I'm just trying to walk here I don't know what you're talking to me for why are you talking to me and he's like oh, no, I'm just asking is, how is, your day's going is that, your AI voice? Voice? is that your AI well, voice that was Tina? the voice that was the AI voice that was chosen for this New York video <laughs> game every single NPC had the same voice and it was like that really weird like i'm just walking here please stay away from me oh my god (laughs) um it's the same with visual art is that and this is why i don't think ai will ever replace true art the problem is that greed and corporations are going to be using it to replace as much as they can and as much as they can get away with but i think we as consumers need to be very mindful you may think this doesn't affect you but it does because 
I think we all are living in a world where we're a little bit like sick of um, reboots and sequels mm-hmm. and prequels. we're all kind of like, I want something new. And, and you have to realize that that the more AI takes over these artistic jobs, the more that's the world you're you're living in. New, like actual new and interesting, unique things will never come from an AI because they're literally trained on all, what's already come before. They might mm-hmm. find unique and interesting combinations of those things, but they're never going to come up with something that is truly genuinely new. Now, this is something that most artists, and, and I, it's a little different with voice acting, but it, because but it's the same in a lot of ways. It is the same because there's no, basically, because everything gets, everything gets um, like averaged out. It just becomes completely generic and there's no specificity. The artist is the specificity. Mm -hmm. You're choosing how to deliver a line and how to put the emphasis where you really want it and where to add the quirks in to make it feel like to me, that's the best thing when I hear good voice acting or good in movies is like when, when you hear a weird quirk where you're like, they said that a really interesting way and mm-hmm. you can't quite put your finger on it, but it's like only they could have said it that way. Mm-hmm. Like that's the stuff that we're going to be losing. And only as you can consumer. draw it that way. And yeah. only Max can make the decisions yeah. he does as the DM that way. I think that's so take us on a journey that AI we have is, no idea where we're going. Yeah, it's like even, AI is not bad if used as a tool. Right. It's bad that it's, that it's taking money out of the, the mouths of the people who actually need it and giving it to the corporations that are going to be using this stuff. But So the important takeaway from all of this, from what I've heard is that your robot dungeon master will never love you. <laughs> you should find yeah. a loving right. DM. Your robot DM will never love you. <laughs> I was going to make a point about the, the AI versus a uh, real DM thing. And Graphenix kind of mm-hmm. says it as well. Like Baldur's Gate three versus like an actual D and D game where there's there's set things that are going to happen when a computer is involved. You, mm-hmm. It's going to make rulings a certain way, and you'll never have a, a rule of cool with an AI where oh, sure. a player does something yeah. and it's not how exactly it's supposed to work in the rules. But the DM's like, "That's awesome! I'm going to let you do that." I don't yeah. I don't see AI ever being capable of of doing and anything like that. Those are the best like moments. That. Yeah, it's gonna be it's a very. It's like you're gonna do a dungeon crawl. The AI is gonna throw enemies at you. The enemies might have a an AI voice attached to them, and it's gonna be roll the dice, do the damage, move on. It's, there's not gonna be any nuance. If that's it. what you want, I, go play Baldur's Gate three. Why aren't they sponsoring which will be, us? Which will be a better experience, honestly. Which will be better because it's actually been catered and planned and perfected. I'm to save up for it. <laughs> same, I, same. I kind of would be interested because I think you could physically try and do a like text style like DM like a, a Dungeon and Dragons like campaign with ChatGPT. You could try it for sure. You could try and say hey come up with this and let's play D&D and then tell it what you do. I'd be curious to see mm. how how awfully bad. Like a text adventure? Like you the could, old school you could like certainly text do adventure it. games and say what Absolutely. And say, hey, here's what I rolled. I'm fighting this monster. Like, I bet you could. I don't, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, you would have like to how, somehow feed it the rules of the game. Yeah. Like, mm. it would probably know, to be honest. Because everything's yeah. on the internet. All the rules are uh, out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. It's already been fed that information. It just doesn't know how to classify that information as being relevant sometimes to what mm-hmm. you're asking of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
or it, you know, and helping it like filter out the correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, just to be clear, we're we're not advocating the not usage of AI. Like, we, you sh- if yeah. you're using AI as a tool to help you with whatever you're doing, then that's okay. But we're Use we're talking about like the morality of if you're using it's... open source generative AI that it's not discriminating what information and art and voices that it's taking from. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's mainly a moral thing, which it most of us becomes are. becomes an ethics yeah, conversation, ethics. which philosophers which are, have been discussing ethics for centuries and we still don't have clear like it's still, still a thing that is being taught and debated right yeah. <laughs> so like if you are going to go home tonight and make some ai art for your character and play your ai generated campaign with some ai generated voice acting in it and you're not selling any of that i say go ahead you need to decide ethically and morally what's right for you yeah. i would say please just don't don't per- don't make money off of that please yeah right? you would yeah. Oh, go ahead i was going to say you, you would um I lost it. Shit. Go ahead, VS. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gone. It's- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's moral implications, but as soon as you take something that you've made with AI and it moves into a commercial space, then that has material consequences yeah. yes. as yes. well. That's for the about. artist yeah, yeah. Or, or for whoever made the thing originally and is not able to say, don't use my stuff because the machines already ate it up and spit it out. There, there mm-hmm. is material, uh, like dangers yes. with that. There's that not hurt somebody. Legislation material. in place that will come after you for a lot of this, yet. yet. But that doesn't mean there won't be. So, yeah, like with music, like Nina was talking mean, about, is yeah, it's I mean, taking potentially taking money out of the pockets of the original artist. Yeah, and honestly, artists are cheap. Not every artist is cheap, but there are a lot of artists out there that would love to draw characters for you for really cheap. They're learning, they're practicing. There's some that'll even do it for free if you get on Reddit. And then another thing you can look into is adoptables. It's basically before NFTs, there, is, there are these things in the in the art circles of the internet called adoptables where you can basically they'll like design a character and just say, hey, here's a character who wants to adopt it for 20 bucks. Like 20 bucks for a character art is cheap. So cheap. It's also a cute way to Don't, title that. Yeah. Adoptable. Don't yes. ask artists so much better to do than NFTs. If they give you a rate, then you need to respect their rate. Like, yeah, don't, don't ask like, for free art. I'm just saying some yeah, yeah. out there are looking for practice and they'll say, hey, give me a character idea. I'll draw your character for free tonight. Sometimes it happens. Um, I, I get that not everyone has money and D&D is wonderful because it's one of those things that you, you actually can play without having money, even though it's largely being monetized these days mm-hmm. in ways that it never was before. But I would also point out that when D&D was first created, you didn't have the internet to go and find your character art so everybody did draw their own mm-hmm. characters if anyways if at all so I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that we feel really entitled to maybe yeah. nowadays because of the internet that all these youngsters out here I don't know. everything's so accessible mm-hmm. now instantaneously yeah it's a hard world to live in but just try to have empathy and think about how much harder it is for the artists and the actors and the writers and the creatives that are like on the other side of this situation, right? Yeah. I don't know. And I, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I think this was a, a good discussion. And kind of just to reiterate, none of us have have the answers. 
like a lot of it is like ethical like and moral questions and like these things like legal implications material implications too but uh i'd be curious you know aside from those who who already participated in chat if you're listening later on uh, on when the on like the podcast or if you're watching the youtube video of this like let us know what you think about it yeah comment like let yeah. us know like what your thoughts on ai and like just in in D or in general because i think that for me there's a lot of powerful tools out there that should be used responsibly something about great power and responsibility and all that but you know without having your uncle die you know in front of it's you. <laughs> yeah ro- robot dean will make your uncle die <laughs> yeah, but yeah i will <laughs> you don't want that <laughs> within its constraints though like if you're going outside the box it, it doesn't know what to do but yeah <laughs> Anyway, anyone have any 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 last words? I have before two we final wrap things, up? but ever, yeah. ever, everybody else can go first. Because anybody else want to go first? Uh, well, just use AI as a tool to help you with what you're already doing. Don't don't use it to generate something that's not your own. If you want. I lost my train of thought. Uh, but basically, all I was going to say is because I was just reading what GM Workshop said, and it's like, yeah, there's, there's, there's also like at the end of the day, the biggest problem and the real problem here is the world we live in, the economy and the structure that we are using is flawed in many, many ways. Mm. We live in a very, very bad society that does not take care of people on the individual scale. In a lot of ways, capitalism is bad. Uh, screw everything. Let's all join unions anarchy! and sing. Yeah. No, no anarchy. No anarchy. Oh, uh, let's let's just take, just take care. Of, yeah, respectful anarchy. Let's just take care of each other <laughs> and you know eat the rich. Um, I just wanted to end on that part. But I do want to say that if you want to talk about this more, is how it pertains to illustration and more specifically non-commercial art. So I'm talking about fine art or art that artists are making and just putting out there because it's coming from their brain and they're not trying to specifically, they're not getting paid to make a specific piece of art. If you want to talk about that and how both AI or also just like the concept of being inspired as a human by another artist's art, uh, come hang out tomorrow. I'll be streaming at 7 p.m. Pacific time on this channel, drawing some non-AI generated art while we talk about (laughs) some brain generated Um, art. Yeah, because some people had some good art questions, but I we, we're out of time, so we're just gonna flip that over to the art, the art channel. So yeah, yeah. I hope to see you all there. I was yeah. just gonna wrap up by responding to to GM saying that I think that there will be a point where these corporations chase profit to the detriment of people so far that they end up losing so many people, everything crumbles from the ground up. That's what I think, mm-hmm. especially based on this like EA conversation, like executive assistants, they do all of the mm-hmm. the running work and the notes and the everything. And it's like without them, good luck replacing them with tech because the people that they support need the EA to run the tech that they don't know how to use. So yeah. <laughs> and I feel like weird in like- industry too. Like jobs are getting replaced, but they're not they're not considering that the human element was doing something. Yeah, It's weird. It's like, I mean, I'm sure there's not a current day example of a large corporation that changed hands and then cut like half the workforce. And now the website doesn't run right. (laughs) 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 Oh, we're getting getting spicy. Uh, This is like CNC after dark. Don't forget to follow us on the YouTubes. We're super close to applying for partnerships. Speaking of monetization, 
um yeah help help us get to partnership so we can we can help better increase the production value and all that cool stuff for for the stream and stuff yeah thanks everybody and we'll see you tomorrow for the art stream thanks for all the comments and stuff none of this stuff yeah. is um yeah, like a question. final decision like don't yep. if we say something you don't agree with that's okay like it's totally okay like, we're, we're we love hearing your all's opinions and go and comment on the videos if you have more or if you want us to talk about any of this more what's not about being human is we can communicate ideas yeah. 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 read yeah. what you're saying and process it and communicate back to you like a machine are we all robots we are. And with that, we're NPCs, oh, actually. We're all Just NPCs. Have a good oh, night, everyone. Man. Art Stream Tuesday, Bye. episode 13 this Friday of Castles and Ketchups. We'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.